What's going on, coaches? We've got some unbelievable news for you guys. We are actually getting to host a webinar for one of the top leadership programs in the country. Uh, they do leadership for uh, leadership training for um, a, a lot of different organizations, but some major Division One football programs, lacrosse programs, soccer programs, NCAA high school programs as well. Uh, if you guys know Don Bartell, they do it. Uh, they've done it for his high school as well up in Washington. So um, a, a gigantic leadership program um, coming in the next few weeks. We're going to get a host of a webinar of theirs that will be free for you guys to come watch, view it live. Um, and we are extremely excited that uh, as a part of our celebration for 1 million downloads that we've had on the podcast. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, we've also obviously got a bunch of podcast episodes, uh, RTP videos, We've got our summits. All of that's all up on our website. You guys can find that at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Jay Long. Coach Long is the head coach and offensive line coach at Shatteron State University in Shatteron, Nebraska. Listen as we talk with Coach Long about offensive line drills and practice planning, the zone run game, and his unique job of balancing being a collegiate head coach and still getting to coach the offensive line. You can follow Coach Long on Twitter at Coach J Long. Hope you guys enjoy. My path started actually where I'm at right now. Uh, when I uh, started off, um, I, uh, I'm from South Dakota, and uh, I ended up coming to Nebraska. I come to Shatner State College and played here um, in the 90s. Had a really a, a great experience here uh, as a player. Um, we were part of three all-conference championships and, and got to go to the Division II playoffs a couple times. And um, through my playing career and, uh, at Shatter, and I decided, you know, hey, I want to go be a, a college coach. Uh, from Shatter, and I ended up uh, going uh, – I student coached here one year, and then I ended up going to Wayne State, just drove about six hours uh, east, and did my graduate assistantship at, at Wayne State. I was there one year as a grad, a grad assistant, and then uh, my second year I actually uh, got to become a stipend coach and uh, made $16,000, and I got to coach football and coach track. Uh, so it was a, a, a good gig there for me. And then um, – after that, I, I uh, went over to Black Hill State in, uh, uh, I think it was 2002 or 2003, right around there. And uh, actually, I was with uh, Coach Walls there. Um, Coach Walls was, was, uh, just got done and, and uh, was able to meet him there at, at Black Hill State there at Spearfish. And I started off there as the offensive line coach and um, worked my way into the run game coordinator. And then I became offensive coordinator. And then my last three years there, I became the head football coach and offensive line coach. Um, then in 2012, um, my uh, 
my old football coach at Shattern called me up and said, hey, what do you think about coming back to Shattern and be the head football coach? And I was like, heck yeah. And um, 2012, I came back and um, we're able to go to the, went to the playoffs that year. And, and uh, I've been at Shattern ever since as, uh, as an offensive line coach and head football coach. Coach, that's kind of, you know, something near and dear to our hearts. We've actually been talking uh, a little bit recently uh, about so many offensive line guys are, are, are really kind of getting some of those big head coaching jobs. Uh, so you're an offensive line guy at heart that, that's a head coach. And then um, I know another one that Walls is, is excited to a couple of South Dakota guys. I think uh, Walls probably got it up on his wall somewhere. Everyone that's really <laughs> successful from South Dakota, he he makes sure I hear about it. Dang right, well, man. <laughs> for sure. I don't mind that. I actually uh, last week got to do a Zoom meeting for the South Dakota High School Football Coaches Association, and, and we had a great time talking about our everyday steps of offensive line. And, and uh, uh, I think the Zoom clinic was an hour long, and after we got done, I said, hey, anybody wants to stick on? We we just kept talking ball. It was a great time to to be able to, you know, during this, this crazy time with COVID and all that, to just talk ball and be football coaches. I know I had a blast when I got a chance to meet you guys, you know, at, at Black Hills. I was kind of, you know, in the, in the transition mode, like, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I'd, I'd kind of gone the medical route. I'd kind of thought about chiropractic and then, you know, playing at Black Hills for the one season. And then obviously my brother playing there and getting to play underneath you and, and Coach Scott, it, it really, you know, he kind, of, he kind of got to finish off his career on a, on a high note. He really liked you guys. And I know my, my brother really liked working with you, especially when it came to, you know, the offensive line. So, you know, he and I kind of got our, our start in the, the coaching gig, you know, with you guys, you know, Coach Scott, yourself, Coach Fackerel, you know, we got to, you know, work in the summertime and put you guys' sprinkler systems in and, and things <laughs> like that. And, you know, maybe maybe have a few adult beverages every now and again, and get out and fish. But you know, what a what a cool learning experience for us. Especially, I, I felt like you know, learning from guys who were one passionate about the run game, passionate about offensive line, but also kind of you know, younger coaches in the profession, and guys who we could kind of mold our game after, and and also hear some of the things like, man, here's some of the things you're going to have to do, and here's here's some of the things you're going to want to be able to get done to to move up in this game. You know, Coach Walls, he brought up a really a, – a, that, that was a, one of my favorite time of my life. I, mean, I was right on that 23, 24 years old, just freshly married, freshly out of college. I got my first full-time gig, and, um, you know, I, I got to work, work for John Scott. And um, John Scott is currently right now – he's the head football coach in Lander High School in Lander, Wyoming. He's also the athletic director up there. And, um, gosh, I, I learned a ton off of him. You know, he, he ended up – he was a, a graduate assistant underneath Gordy Shaw up at uh, when they were at Wyoming, and um, you know one of the things that that you know Coach Scott always talked about, and that we're talking this is like 2001, 2002 when I was just become you know learning and building my own offensive philosophy, and he talked about with the Gordy Shaw always used to say, "Hey, you're either a zone guy or you're a power guy," and uh, I, as soon as you guys asked me if, if to talk on this, that was one of the things that. It instantly came into my head and it, it's not that way no more. You know, now everybody has a, has a power scheme. They have a zone scheme. Uh, but it, it, you know, back then, you know, he, he said, if you're going to be good you, at one of those, you either need to be a zone guy or a power guy. And you know, when, as soon as I heard that, you know, when I was that age, I drew my line in the sand and said, I'm going to be a zone guy. And 
you know, we, we uh, went out and, and, you know, built a, a, a scheme and, and what we thought would work for us and made it ours and stole from other people. And, and you know, we became, became pretty successful at the zone. And I, I hired a, a new offense coordinator a couple of years ago, and, and um, uh, his name is Logan Master. He's now the offense coordinator at, at Wayne State. And I knew as soon as I hired him that, hey, we're going to run power, we're going to run um, counter. And so I knew as an offensive line coach, I better become better at that. And, um, you know, so now I, I, I broke the old mold of what old coach I used to say with regards to um, got to be either good at one or the other, and now we try to do both. That is so funny, Coach. Our, we, we just had a, an episode where we talked about Coach Shaw. Um, he comes up again, you know, twice in, in one day. And actually, I got to play for him uh, when he was at the University of Houston for a year. Uh, my senior year, I got to play for Coach Shaw. So, um, uh, and and I, lo- I've, I had four different offensive line coaches at, at Houston, and he was, yeah. he was top two. He was either one or two. I'm not sure which, but um, I, <laughs> I loved playing for him, and I learned a lot uh, about – specifically pin and pull uh, from Coach Shaw. But, but I also completely agree with you. Um, you, know, you know, we've morphed uh, into, you know, being able to run both zone and, and gap schemes. Mm-hmm. I just think that now with the way defenses are, you have to be more than one-dimensional. And, you know, uh, I still like to say that, you know, when, when teams play Shattern State, um, that they know that they're going to have to stop the zone. Um, we run a bunch of different variations out of it, and then you know, we also run some RPO. Uh, but also, you know, that you know, we also run enough power to keep them honest, where they just can't guess and and you know and and be able to take advantage of some blitzes and those type of things. To me, the the coolest part, and I'm kind of interested to see you know some of the different things like you said that you do out of it. But uh, if you are majoring in in inside zone, a team is. Uh, to me, that can be so many different plays off of just inside zone. I mean, Coach Walls talks about it all the time, but, you know, you can fold the backside of inside zone. Uh, you can yeah. lock the backside of it and insert on the backside. You can lead a fullback uh, on the front side. You can read the backside defensive end, which is kind of like old school front side of veer. I mean, there, there's just so many. You can, you know, we can – you can teach wham – uh, like a zone play and then you can do um, you know fullback on the same side split zone technically yep. and then the fullback on the other side but it's it you know that gets into 10 12 15 plays sometimes for a defense but to you guys uh, you know or, or to the team running it it's inside zone with maybe one or two guys doing something a little different you know coach one of the you know, I do a lot of football camps over the summers a lot of high school ball camps and um, I'm very, really fortunate. I think I do like three or four individual camps where I go out and go to high schools. Um, then also we have our own one here at Shattered State. And you know, our camp's right around – we're one of the bigger ones in, in the Midwest. And we have right around anywhere from uh, 1,000 to 1,500 kids every summer that come through Shattered State's doors for, for summer camps. And during all that time, you know, we have a lot of uh, offensive line coaches. And, you know, they all – are like, hey, I don't know if we can run zone. I don't know if we have the type of offensive lineman to be able to run zone. And and I always say, my response is always the same, coach, you do. And I think one of the biggest benefits of, of being able to run zone is just what you said. Um, you know, when we first started off, well, we'll go, I'll go back to Coach Shaw. We had our boss, our Bob, and our cut in our regular zone. And what our boss was was back on safety. So our O-line knew that they would block zone like they're supposed to block it. And we'd end up with two double teams on each play. And then the fullback would go lead on the, on the, on the safety. 
Then when we go our bob, then what we do is our O-line would know that now our double teams, we can ride one of our double teams and we don't have to come off. And then our backside double team, we can really get a good push on it. And it's, and it's the exact same play, just the fullback now leaves on, leads on the back, on the first uh, um, linebacker. Then when we had our cut play, um, our O-line knew that they once again had their double teams. They were running the exact same play. Now they just left the backside linebacker to go for that fullback to lead on. Then once again, then we had our split zone out of it. And now when you have the RPO and you're able to lock on the backside, um, I, I really like that because it doesn't matter what size of offensive lineman you have. And, and uh, in those summer camps, I talk a lot about, you know, go, go in the wrestling room. Go get the toughest kids you can get out of the wrestling room and make them your center. Make them your guard. Don't, don't worry about their height. Just get tough guys. And then your tackles, try to get your best guys, your, your biggest, your tallest guys that can move. And, and uh, with, the, with the, the ability of zone, your guys can fire off that ball and really emphasize on getting that double team and getting, getting movement. And then the other thing is, that, is that if you go against a really good defensive uh, tackle or defensive end, you know, you can get your double team on that guy or you can read him. Coach, man, you, you mentioned wrestling. I know that's near and dear to your heart. You were a big-time wrestler, you know, at, at Sturgis, and, and it seemed like you always had a, a pretty big, you know, emphasis on recruiting some of those guys, especially maybe some of your interior linemen. I know at, at Black Hill State and I know the kids at Shadron, you know, what is it so much about wrestling that you like, you know, with your offensive line? And then not only that, all the other intangibles that kids, you know, gain from it, including yourself when you wrestled and you played. You know, when I look at, you know, the, you know, there's a big talk, you know, now when we're looking at recruiting and when I follow on Twitter, all the coaches in the high school that are saying, Hey, you know, you got to get multi-sport kids and those type of things. And really in the offensive line area, I look at two things. I look for your big um, kid to play center in basketball. Uh, you know, he, he's definitely a football player when he's out there, but he's a big kid that can move. And those are those guys I love as, as my tackles. And, um, this last year, uh, my, uh, my left tackle played um, some high school basketball, and my left guard was really good in high school basketball. And the year before that, I had an All-American, uh, Travis Ramza, that he thought he could play college basketball um, with things. And, and uh, so, you know, that's one area I look at. Um, the other one is, is I, I love those wrestlers for interior guys because typically they're in that 6'3"-ish range, 6'4", 6'2", and they're tough. And, and what I really like about it is the balance. Um, a kid that wrestles in high school has really good balance. The other thing that I really like about it is, is that, um, that those kids typically have a good work ethic. Um, you, you know, the, the olden days of, you know, when they, you looked at linemen, you know, everybody said they're big, they're fat, they're lazy, they're slow. It, that, that's not the game anymore. The way that we all play it at every level you cannot get away with kids that are like that. They have to be smart. They have to be able to move, and they have to be workers. And if you can get a kid that has all three of those tangibles, you're going to have a special one, the one that really loves football and, and, and probably one that ends up playing you know, at that next level in college. Um, so, you know, when we're looking at those, those wrestlers, I love those guys that are tough. I love those guys that, that have the great balance. And, and really, I love that they just like that contact of, of wrestling. Well, Coach, you mentioned, you know, one of the cool things about inside zone is, is that your guys really can come off. They can stay on double teams. And, and that's where, you know, I, I kind of argue that zone and gap, that you can carry both and, and do it really effectively because, 
Um, it, you know, if you're on the backside of inside zone, double in a three technique, uh, and you're on the front side of one back power, double in a three technique, obviously you're going to a different linebacker, but, uh, and maybe the thought process is different, but your footwork is almost identical. Um, the way that you're doubling this, this guy might be a little different, but for the most part, when we're working our backside of inside zone doubles, we're really working our front side of our gap scheme doubles. And so, uh, and to me, that's either play for us anyways, that's the most important part of it. Or one of the most is moving the double team, getting movement on the double team. And so we're getting to work that for both plays basically at the same time. Coach, yeah, I mean, you're hitting it right on the head. I, I think what it really comes down to is what you believe in. What is what your core beliefs are? And, you know, I always tell our guys, it's, you know, it's a lot like, hey, some people like chocolate ice cream, some people like vanilla ice cream. At the end of it, they're both pretty dang good. And it's whatever you believe in the most, that's what, you know, your, your guys are going to end up believing in. And, you know, uh, and, and that's what really matters. And, I also add on to what you said is that what really matters, Coach, is controlling those down D linemen. If you can control those down D linemen with a double team in power or a double team in, in zone, you're going to be running the football. And if you're running the football, we all know, you know, the game's going to be going in your favor. You're going to be, you know, setting the tone of the game, setting the tempo of the game. And, and uh, you know, at, at the end of the game, you're probably going to be with the one with, uh, you know, that has the victory if you're being able to run the football. Coach, you talk about zone two, you know, Shattering State, if, if anyone, you know, has followed college football, you know, guys like Danny Woodhead, who played there, you know, was the, the all-time leading rusher for a while. I don't know if he, he might still be. You, you would know. Yes. He still is good. Oh, he's um, number two. He's number two or three. He's right there. Yes. He's not all-time leader anymore. But, I mean, you know, a, a guy like that, again, you know, undersized, whatever, goes, to, you know, to the, quote, Division two school, but goes to a place like Shattering State who was literally known for, for running the ball. And it was literally, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was almost all outside zone and almost all inside zone. Like yes, 85, and, uh, 90, maybe yeah. even more than that in the, in the run game. And people knew it, but they still couldn't stop it. You know, can you talk a little bit about those days, you know, Coach O'Boyle and, and yep. kind of that, that tradition of what you guys had with literally, period, the zone run game? Yes, and I, you know, I I got to I actually played for Coach Boyle too as an offensive lineman, and you know he he's one of the best, if not the best, offensive line coach I've ever been around, and he does a terrific job of of getting his guys to be able to to play better than they they you know than they are, and um and when they play with great technique, and um right now we're doing a you know a podcast where you're not you can't see me, but I'm a I'm five foot eleven and three quarters inches tall, and and I played center for him. And I weighed about 248 at my highest and about 235 at my lowest. And, and coach, you know, put me in a position to be able to be an all-conference football on the Division II level. And, and why I was able to do that was is because Coach Boyles, you know, taught us such great technique. And, you know, through the Danny Woodhead years, um, you know, I think Danny rushed for like 7,700 yards uh, total rushing. I know um, it was in 2014 uh, we had our, our, our running back. There was the second second uh, leading rusher in Shattern State history and he had to play three more years to be able to catch of his average to be able to catch what Danny did in his four seasons at Shattern State and then Danny obviously had a 10-year career at uh in the NFL so you know he's a real special player um, but when you look at during that era you know we actually called it dive back then and and uh, we just 
I would say within the last three, four years, quit calling it dive at, at Shatter. And um, it was it was simply blocked the same way as zone. Um, we just uh, back then we used to play the quarterback underneath, and the dive just hit a little bit hit a little bit faster um, than our zone did. And and really, uh, when, when we were uh, in those early two thousands, our dive the quarter the running back was about at five, and zone the running back was about at eight. And Danny, we, with Danny, he was special. We let him even get back a little more farther because he could, uh, you know, read things and see things so much better. Uh, but everything was blocked the same for the offensive line. We knew that in dive, you had to come off a little bit faster on linebacker. Um, in zone, you know, you could ride that double team a little bit more up. Um, but, you know, with, during those years, um, I, was, uh, I was actually Black Hill State at that time. Uh, but I got to come up and watch some games. And I worked the summer camps here and was able to watch film. And, uh, you know, Danny – when you have a terrific back um, running behind you know, a, a great offensive line, you know, great things happen, obviously. So, so coach, you know, obviously now working, you know, sounds like head coach and working with the offensive line, that that's something that, that um, almost nobody, it seems like does. Uh, my dad's still a high school coach. He's the head coach at a, at a three, a high school. He still does it. Um, but very, very few uh, that you hear that do that. Uh, what what was you know t talk me through that there's so many guys that say yeah. basically it can't be done which uh has always been my reason for as soon as I've heard that I've always been like well I guess I don't want to be a head coach because uh, I would I would miss the offensive line way too much yeah. but how does that how does that work for you you know uh, um I love it um I, I don't think I could ever give up the offensive line um and just be a just be a head coach um my I always tell our guys all the time that my highlight of my days are in the are in uh, our offensive line meeting rooms, our team meeting rooms, and out on the football field when we're practicing. Um, those are my favorite parts of, of being a football coach. I love that building part. I love spring. I love um, being in the weight room, getting our guys, you know, uh, building that that team aspect, um, building uh, our culture of our program. And then I love spring ball. I love I love building um I love building our players. And, and getting them better through their technique and, and having them just all of a sudden where it just clicks, where they just understand it. And, and that's, I, I think, one of the funnest parts of, of being an offensive line coach is that our five guys are, are so important. And if four guys got it and the fifth one doesn't, we're going to struggle. And when you look at that, being a head coach, it, it's, it's a lot like that. And if you, know, you can get all of your segments um, where they all are clicking and they're all going the right direction, you're going to have that, that special team. And if you have one segment that's dragging behind or not getting it, then you got to figure out a, a way to get them better. you got to figure out ways to hide them. you got to figure out ways that you can, you know, take advantage of certain things um, where your strengths are. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing that helps me as a head football coach and an offensive line coach is that I have, uh, I'm able to uh, you know, I, I hire my own offensive line GAs. And um, during my – I've been in Shadden since 2012, and I think I've had seven offensive line coaches, GAs, um, during that time. And I always try to hire guys that either played for me, but then also some guys that, are, that have not played for me where I'm able to steal some stuff from what, they're, what they learned from their, high, from their college coaches. And, and I've been real fortunate to be able to have that. Um, the other thing that I'll tell you guys that's the best part when you're not head coach and the offensive line coach is that everybody – complains about not having enough 
technique time, not have enough technique time. <laughs> and uh, when you're the head football coach, you're the one that dictates the, the, the technique time. So uh, we, we get our technique at Shattern State, I will tell you that much. <laughs> That's awesome. Great, great way to answer it, Coach. Um, and that was honestly going to be my next question, too, because, you know, again, me coming out of college and then having the, the opportunity, you know, to, to sit back and learn from you guys at Black Hill State. I was always enamored by, you know, your, your individual periods, you know, your, your guys' grid periods, your footwork stuff. You know, walk me through just a little bit about, you know, kind of the way you run your indie and the way you kind of set that stuff up. Because honestly, you know, and again, I've, I've been, you know, a lot of places like the way you set your stuff up, guys got a ton of reps, guys got better. And, and I, was, I loved it, too, because, I mean, you, you, you always say it a little bit, too. I want to get him a little bit pissed off and a little bit tired before we go to inside run. And you'd always, yes. always kind of wait. You hear that one of the guys like, oh, man, you know, once you heard said that, like, all right, yeah, we're, we're ready to roll for inside run. And, and that's still the tempo that we try to do it. You know, we, we try to get those guys where they're getting their footwork in and hit their double teams, and then we go into that inside run. And, and I want them sweating because when they hit that, we need them to be their best at the end of the game, be the best in the fourth quarter. And we, in, in order to be their best, they have to have their best technique at the end of the game. And I, one of the things you'll see with young offensive linemen, and then I'll go back to answer your question, Brady, is, is that young offensive linemen, when they go against somebody that's better than them. And in our, in our O-line room, we always say that, hey, what we say in here is the truth. And it is, it is only in this room that we say it because we want to be able to make you um, – the best player we can make physically make you. And um, when we go play uh, uh, guys uh, out there and we play our games, um, we're going to run into a guy that's better than us. And when you see a young offense lineman and they go against someone that's better than them, when they go against a D lineman that's better than them, they go we, what I call caveman. And when they go caveman, they just try to hit as hard as they can. They try to get off the football as hard as they can. And, and they abandon all their technique. And by doing that, it, 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 they, get, they get beat worse. Um, so we got to teach them that, you know, especially uh, through our individual sessions on how that when they do face that guy that's better than them, how are we going to revert back to our technique to be able to battle? And um, I listened the other day to a, uh, to a um, Zoom meeting, and it was uh, Coach Rude. It was from uh, Nebraska. He's a linebacker coach. And I was, as I was listening to him, he talked at Nebraska. Their individual periods are only five to seven minutes long, and it's to keep their, their guys' attention span. At Shattern, we do it a little bit different. And after listening to him, and I would encourage you guys to ask that question to, you know, to, to, to offensive line coaches to come on here and talk about how long their individual periods are. But what we do is we typically go um, two 20-minute individual periods. And our first 20-minute individual period is um, about where we're just going towards run. And, and that 20 minutes is all run. We come in, we start off with our, our grids. And what Brady was talking about, what we do is we grid our, our, our football practice fields um, in five-yard boxes. So it's a box by five by five. Then we put X's down the middle of those boxes. And our first part of practice, we just do what's called our EDD drills. And I know I listened to your guys' podcast a while back um, when you guys had uh, North Dakota State's offensive line coach on. And, he, and I listened to him talk at a, at a clinic. And when I listened to him talk, he said, that, hey, we do the same drills. He said, my, my whole coaching career, we've done the same everyday, everyday drills. And I remember when I was listening to him, I was at a point in my life where I was like, hey, am I, am I – 
Do I need to go learn some new stuff? Do I need to, to and, and, and we always do need to continue to learn stuff. So I, that came off a little bit wrong, but um, I, I thought like I needed to change some different things with my philosophy and stuff. And what I got from that talk was, is that you need to believe in your everyday drills. And our everyday drills, we start off in those grids and we start off by power walking at 45s. Some of you coaches call it duck walks. I, I just don't like calling our guys big, gigantic, fat ducks. I want to be athletic. <laughs> and what is athletic? That's power walking. And uh, so we do our power walk circuit. Then we go from our power walk circuit. Then we go into a, 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 our reach drills. Then we then go into our everyday steps. And the eight steps that we have to master, we do our zone step. We do our short bucker step. We do our reach step. We do our pull step. We do our square pull step. Um, and then, um, we go each direction and I try to gas them. And then after I gas them, then we go into our, our double teams and we're fortunate enough. Once again, being a head football coach, I can dictate where the film is and they we're filming our guys' steps. And then after that, then we go right into our inside run period. Then from our inside run, then we go into our team. Then we go into some special teams and then we come into our next phase, which is our next 20 minute period. And that is our pass pro. And then we work on our pass pro for 20 minutes. Then we go into our one-on-ones and then into our team pass sessions. Um, but I, I think that this is something that we're going to change um, to go to smaller um, technique sessions to keep the kids' attention span. I love that idea. As a coach, I don't know that I love it because it's like, it's like you said, you, you never have enough time for technique. And so you're always wanting more and more and more on that area right there. But it's really easy for that to kind of probably it for a player to kind of burn out as far as um, mentally for them. How much can they think and do this one thing in one day? And you'd like for everyone to perfect it. And so, and, and it looks really good, but you want it to be perfect. So let's do one more of them where if you could, if you could personally, or if I could personally do it, it would yeah. make it better for the kids to break that up, do it in different sections throughout practice. What I would encourage you guys to do right now, so I'm assuming that most of the people listen, their, their, their own kids are doing online schooling um, with what's going on with the COVID. And I, as a, as a coach being home, doing my homework, they're doing the home uh, coaching right now, working from home right now. I'm watching my kids' Zoom meetings because I'm assuming that, the high, our, their high school teachers and their middle school teachers have all been, you know, given things to, to, to make their Zoom meetings be efficient. And um, myself, I've been a part of about, it feels like about two Zoom meetings a day. And it's just, it, you, to keep your attention span for a full hour on a, on a, on a, on a video conference, it, it's hard. And I, I think that I've picked up some good stuff from, from listening to my daughter's math teacher, my daughter's uh, social sciences teacher on how they keep their interest and how they're able to move things. And I can tell you guys, it wasn't very long ago when practices were, we came out for practice, we'd all be out there and we'd do a walkthrough. After a walkthrough, we'd work some special teams. Then we'd go grind through a 30-minute individual period. Then we'd go and do one-on-ones where the, where, uh, and the team would be doing seven-on-seven. Then maybe you do an inside run period, and then you did 30 to 40 minutes of team in your practice. And it was, uh, I'd say about about six, seven years ago, um, I hired a new coach, and he said, hey, we need to go to shorter periods. It helps things move faster, breaks things up, helps keep kids' attention span. And I can tell you that from doing it a certain way for my whole career, that was hard for me to change. And I remember saying, 
all right, let's do it. And now I love it. Now I can't, I can't believe that we ever did it like that where we just would knock out 30 to 35 minutes of, of team in one session. So now we go into the, you know, 10 minute team periods and, and then bringing special teams in between those things and uh, listening to coach, coach Rude. Uh, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Coach Rude or coach Rudd from uh, uh, Nebraska, when he said that they're going to five to five to seven minute individual periods, you know, I thought, well, my the old school in me fought it and uh then i started thinking you know hey maybe that maybe they're on to something because if the kid's picking it up and they're learning it and they're keeping focused and they're going hard in those five to seven minutes isn't that better than them going hard for five to seven minutes then taking the next three to five minutes off um and not giving their best effort um that they can so i we're looking as coaches and i brought it up in the in the staff meeting directly after i heard it and I, I got the common look that, you know, hey, I don't know about that. And uh, I reminded them, you know, of what we used to be like practice-wise, and let's try it out. Coach, I, I love it, man. And it's good to hear, you know, everyone, I think sometimes, you know, you, you put college coaches up on, you know, the, the pedestal, and they're like, these guys are the experts. But it's so cool to hear and refreshing to hear that, you know, hey, the, these guys are, are learning and doing the same, and these guys are getting – you know, with this opportunity, getting on a Zoom call and going and learning things from someone else. Uh, you know, as you're telling your story about Indy, you know, and, and how you got to have the stuff you believe in, you know, I'm, I'm on a, another call last night and it's the, the receiver coach from Alabama. And I worked mm-hmm. with him at Tulsa and he's, he's talking about, you know, the technique and the stuff, you know, Saban's super old school, the way he's doing it. And he's, he, goes, yeah. he goes, hey, and, and Nick's, Nick would say this. He goes, hey, man, you know, Co- Coke is Coke and Pepsi's Pepsi. Yeah. Uh, they they're, they're selling you the same formula that they that they made god knows how many years ago he said they're just finding out cooler ways to market it cooler ways to package it cooler ways to put it in the can so i mean you're still going to teach your steps you're still going to teach the inside zone yeah. but but every yeah. now and again man i'm going to change up the brand a little bit and change up the thing but i'm still doing the exact same stuff i believe in it, it, that is the, the best way you can put it and, and, and you know you guys have all been around you guys listen to great coaches what you guys do is is so cool i mean it is uh to, to be two guys that just put together a podcast and then it became like a, it's like a cult and, and it's a, a cool <laughs> offensive line cult. I mean, we'll take awesome. it, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. And, and I think it's so neat that, you know, people are, you know, trying to better their trade and stuff. And, and you've dropped his name, John Scott, and I'm going to drop it again. You know, when you're around winners, winners just, they, they believe in, in what they're doing. And then they find as many different ways they can to teach every guy on their team so they get it. And, you know, uh, uh, Coach Scott, I'll give you a little bit of background on him. He was a high school coach the majority of his career. He was a GA at University of North Dakota. Then he got a GA at University of Wyoming. And then I think he volunteer coached at, at Sioux Falls. And we're talking this is in like the, the late, 80, or late 80s, early 90s. Then he went right into high school, and he went to Kimmer, Wyoming, and, and Kimmer, Wyoming, and, and won two state titles. Then he went to uh, um, Gillette, Wyoming, and went to Gillette High School and won another two state titles. Um, then he went to Silver Creek in Colorado, and um, it, it started a program over, and then Silver Creek became really good after he left, and, he, and it was because of the culture that he put in there. And the guy that, that they hired afterwards was, was a John Scott guy. And then John Scott was trying to get in college and it's hard for a high school coach to get in, get that, get that chance. And, and, and I don't know why that is. Um, Cause if you can coach, you can coach. And John Scott got that job at Black Hill state and 
and he only got it because three people said no. I mean, that, that's, that's the way it was. And <laughs> we ended up, uh, you know, we ended up having the first winning record at Black Hill State in, I think, uh, 10 years, um, our, our, first year, our first season there. And, um, and, and what I learned from him was just invaluable. And, and uh, you know, it goes back to that piece is if you know how to win, it doesn't matter what level you are. Because when you know how to win, really the, the key to that is, and you, people use the hot words, culture, and all that stuff. It really is that you know how to teach and coach. Because if you can teach your kids to, to, to be better than what they actually are, whether it be through technique or whether it be through scheme or whether it just be whatever that belief system is, which is, once again, that, that, that code word culture, you know, that, that equals the success for winning. And, um, uh, and I was able to, you know, coach underneath him for nine years. And then he went to go sell apparel. He's like, I, I'm done with this coaching stuff. And that coaching itch went, hit him right back. And then he went back to high school. And he's right back to taking his Wyoming teams to state championships. So um, just to kind of reiterate on that, it's just if you know how to win, it, it comes down to really do you know how to teach? Do you really know how to communicate with your kids? And are they doing what you're, what you're teaching them and communicating with them? Yeah, that's a uh, – I, I couldn't – you know, I don't think anyone could say that any better. That's actually – it's funny that you bring that up, Coach, because uh, that's been the talk of, of me and Coach Walls for about the last year talking to each other. He was uh, in, uh, an instructional coach, uh, which I yeah. don't know that we even have those in Oklahoma, but uh, <laughs> Iowa's a little bit fancier than we are. So uh, he was an instructional coach and, and learning – you know, he was learning and teaching about learning uh, and and talking about, you know, some, some newer things that they're putting into classrooms. and. And uh, we've been looking at, you know, what what actually makes teams win or, or you know, different things that, that you know, uh, just really dissecting some of those. And, and we've come to the conclusion that a lot of it is exactly what you just said, is getting coaches to know how to actually teach. Because, uh, as you know, I'm sure you could go and, and give your, your wealth of knowledge to every male that there is in the country and, and they – there would be a lot of them, the majority, high majority of them that wouldn't be able to coach that the same way uh, as you do. Or, you know, they have the same information as you, but their kids don't come out of it uh, knowing what your kids would know. And all that comes down to, like you said, is is how do you teach it? And I think that morphs, and, and I'm sure it changes a little bit uh, with a different kid that grows up at, at a different time in, in, in the world. But Yep. Um, it's always how do you teach these kids better, and and that's been something that me and Walls have talked extensively about for the last year. And he's he's a lot higher up on it than than me, but that's why I'm lucky uh, I get to talk to him almost every day and steal a bunch of his stuff. You know, I I, uh, I, I really I think that uh, one of the things when when you when you were talking there that, that came up in my mind was is that. Uh, you have to get your guys to believe that you're, you know, you're the best at that position in the country. And I, I think if your kids believe in you, whether you are or not, if your kids believe that what you are telling them is cutting edge and what you are telling them is going to help them get better and what you are telling them is going to help you beat that guy that you're not better than, then, then they're going to believe in you. And the more they believe in you, the more that you're going to go back to that old, that old saying where they're going to run through a wall for you. And really that run through the wall for you is just the old term of saying they love you and that they want to, they want, they want to please you and they want to please the team and they want to you know, do everything they can to win. And when you get your old line to that level where they love each other, 
they're you know it, me for at college where they're you know they're living together they're they're hanging out with each other they're you know they're they're doing all of their uh you know off the field things together um that that's when you know hey we're gonna have a good offensive line this year and if we have a good offensive line we know we're going to be in every game you have a chance at being in every game if you have a good offensive line and um and and i think it all starts with that, that your own players believe in what you're doing they believe in your system and that they start loving each other i think absolutely you hit the nail on the head coach to I mean that that what we call it credibility that credibility that that you can carry you know the guys trust you and then I, I always kind of talk about that second part of you know you don't you don't have to be you know a rocket surgeon you don't have to know everything about football you got to be what we call competent and and kids see you as competent if what you're teaching them works and it's like you said that, hey Co- coach Long's the best old line coach in the world when he teaches me stuff I move guys you know yep. when, when he teaches me you know a, a fix for my pass protection you know I, I end up protecting the quarterback and that's when that's when kids see you as competent. They're not looking at you like this great expert. They're just like, man, when coach does it, he cares about me, and, and he knows that the, the stuff that he's telling me, it works, and it's, and it's not just some cookie-cutter approach. You know, it's, it's a different thing for everybody. You know, the, the 5'11 guy is going to have a different fix as compared yeah. to the 6'7 to the guy. He's not going to rail on me having the same stance as that guy. He understands it. So I think you, you hammered it, man. If you don't have that credibility, you know, guys will tune you out literally instantly there's there's nothing nothing worse in the world than being a non-credible coach and there's nothing better in the world than being the most credible coach you can be you know I I really think like my my hats are off to you high school coaches because you know in in where I'm at if uh if an if a kid doesn't want to play football or he isn't as motivated I I can just say hey man what are we doing here and go find a kid that is that loves football and that loves what he's doing and I think one of the challenges for at, at, at every level is motivating, but also being able to, you know, you're going to have to criticize a kid. You're going to have to get after a kid. If you want a kid to get a, a movement on a double team, you want a kid to be able to have that, that physicalness that we all preach on offensive line. If a kid's not being physical, you have to figure out ways to be able to get him to be, uh, uh, to play the game like it's supposed to be played physically. And, um, I, in, in our, in our offensive line room, that's one of those pieces also where we talk about the, Hey, it isn't about letting down me. You should not be motivated by me having to chew your butt. You have to be motivated by not letting the guy beside you down. And because if you're letting the guy beside you down, you're probably letting the team down. And, and I always talk that, you know, when I, when I was playing for uh, coach Boyle, he's a, he's a great big offensive line coach. He's a guy that's very intense. And I didn't want to let him down as a, as a player, but I really didn't want to let down my teammates, the guys that I lived with, the guys that I, as soon as practice got over, we're going to go hop in the same car together. We're going to go to the, to the drive-in, grab some food, and then go hang out and, and play video games or do whatever college kids do afterwards. I really didn't want to let him down. And um, I, I think that that's all that part about being credible and, and, and being truthful and finding different ways to motivate different kids because everybody is different. And I think that's one of the challenges that I think that we have at, at, at our level, but also at your guys' level to, to get the kid that maybe just likes football, you know, to get him to play like he needs to play. And, and I, and I, I always uh, am, uh, love it when uh, a kid comes to, 
college and he talks so highly about his high school coach because I know that that kid's a special kid that loves football because when you love something, you will do whatever it takes to become better. That's what's uh, – and, and it's, again, funny that you bring it up, but something that me and Coach Walls have talked about, whether it was with coaches, uh, you know, in the hiring process or talking about players uh, that, that college coaches go to recruit, um, I, I think that's just such a huge point that the, the players that I've enjoyed the most um, have been the guys that love football. I mean, that, that come into practice and say, hey, coach, did you see the game this Sunday? Or, or they're arguing, you know, I, I never forget, I got these guys that are arguing about which NFL team has the best offensive line. And, and yeah. I didn't care if any of them had a good <laughs> argument or not. It was just cool to hear them talking about NFL. And, and they knew who some of the quarterbacks were in the NFL. It was they, they really like football. And those are the guys that – and it, I didn't know this about them, you know, until – obviously until you get to know them. But I had already enjoyed working with these kids for, you know, months or weeks or years. And then, you know, you find out, oh, these kids love football. And then over five years that I've been coaching now, uh, not very long, but long enough that I can mm – -hmm see that correlation between hey these kids that really love football I, I enjoy being around those kids and, and coaching those kids and and the coaches that really love football I enjoy coaching and being around those coaches as well you know you guys if you haven't read uh Urban Meyer's book above the line that that's an awesome book and he talks about the 10 80 10 and you got them 10 percent 10 percenters 10 percent of your team are those guys that what you're just talking about what I'm just talking about then you have those 80 then, and they're the ones that you're going to win with. And you got to get those top 10% to, you know, to pull as many of those 80%ers up as they can because those bottom 10%ers are doing the exact same. And, and as a coach, those bottom 10%ers, it seems like those are the ones when we come back home and we're, we're complaining to our wife about the tough things, uh, that, that those are the ones we're talking about. And, and as soon as your program or, or your your, your, I guess, go back to Howard, that your culture has hit that point where it's where you want it. You know, those, those bottom 10, you realize that, hey, is it worth your effort? Are these bottom 10% going to help you or are they just going to hurt you um, in the long run? And because those top 10%ers are why we, are why we do this. It's, it's so when you find that guy that's, that's an overachiever and um, is, is making his team better and he's a leader and he's a, He's a great young man, and you know he's going to be successful in life. That's when you just, as a coach, you just sit back and you're just so proud and so happy, and, and, and it's the reason why I do it, and it's the reason why I love being a football coach. So, Coach, on the other side, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you've already talked about it. You get to go out and, and hire a GA that normally is a guy that's played for you, but you hire a GA that, that you know, helps you coach the offensive line, and then I'm assuming also you're trying to help them mold into great offensive line coaches as well so they can yes. go on and, and you can have a large you know offensive line coaches tree as well so what are what are you looking for uh when you go to hire a, a GA or bring on uh specifically an offensive line coach it's it's I, I'm curious because it seems like we get a lot of answers about assistance in general that guys are looking for people that um obviously love football work really yeah. hard and, and can adapt but also with offensive line at times it can be so specific that you probably you know you also want someone normally on the offensive line that that knows a little bit about offensive line so what are you looking for when you're trying to hire that guy so I'm laughing because I was thinking back to my first years of uh, being an offensive line coach I remember 
um, defenses. Uh, we were, it was the second game of the year and we were playing, uh, I don't remember who we were playing, but they were running, uh, running a bunch of line games on us. And I didn't have my old line prepared for, for line games. And, uh, like I should have. And my, uh, my head coach, who was the offensive coordinator, he came over to me and man, I got a great earful. And I remember thinking <laughs> at that time, I'm like, all right, I've got to make sure that I have everything covered and I got to make sure that I, I, I have a plan for everything. And I, I think that, you know, being an assistant coach, it, one of the things that, that I look for, number one, is, is that love of football, obviously. But I think work ethic is, is also terrific. And I'm not talking about the grinder that's going to outwork, you know, stay longer than, than everybody, those type of things. I'm talking about a guy that comes in and works hard. He does his job. And he doesn't cause me more problems as a head football coach. I want a guy that goes out there and knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a self-motivator. He's a guy that can um, see a problem, fix that problem. And then if he can't fix it, he doesn't make it big. Uh, he doesn't bring that to my, to my desk and make that problem bigger. He actually um, says, hey, I tried this. It didn't work. What do you got? And then we go and we fix it. Um, so th those are some of the first things I look at. And then I think the next piece, and this is where you start getting into coaches that are special, is that I remember sitting in 1999, I'm sitting in my football theory class, and our, our head football coach goes, all, co all good coaches have, have big egos. And I remember thinking in my head, going, man, that's, you know, because they don't like to lose or competitive what was what he was getting at. And, and I think that that is, is part of it is that you got to be competitive and, and those things. But I think also, being able to check your ego at the door is also a, a big part of, of being a successful coach is, is that you got to realize that you don't know everything and you can learn something from everybody. Um, when I'm listening, you know, going to clinics, I'm going to conventions, those type of things. And when we go to other staffs and listen to those coaches, even if I don't agree with what that coach is saying, or I don't agree with what that coach is, how he is coaching. All I do is I write stuff down in my notes like, hey, don't do this. This Look at the body language of what the kids are doing. Are they reacting in a positive way or a negative way? Is the kid learning? And I, I think that, that uh, uh, one of the, the other pieces of advice I can give you is, that, is be willing to learn. And, and I'm guessing, guys, the guys that, we're, that are listening to this podcast right now and, and that are followers of, of the Run the Power Colts, are guys that, 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 that are trying to learn and trying to, you know, get better. But I, I would really, I, I, you know, I've had coaches that you know, we have a six GAs at Shattern. And uh, so we have a, a lot of new, new coaches. And, and by that, we get to learn a lot as a coaching staff because those six GAs come from all over and they bring the ideas that they've, that they've you know, taken from their programs from when they played or for where they, they came from coaching. And we're able to steal some, you know, a lot of ideas with that. But I, I think one of the biggest things is that willingness to learn with that great work ethic and then being able to teach, just go out and teach kids. Coach Long, man, it, it, it sounded like I was sitting in the, uh, the football class at, at Black Hill State as you were saying that again. <laughs> But seriously, you, you, you literally, and it's cool because you're saying the exact same things. Dude, I, I wrote that stuff down, shoot, what, 20 years ago now? I mean, whatever the heck it was, 15 yep, years it ago. Was yep, 2-1, 2-0-1. Yeah, yeah wrote, wrote down the same things in the, in the class that you're saying. And, and the part that really hit me was the part about, you know, you know, checking the ego. And then when you're a young coach, volunteer for every job. 
Yeah. So, and, and you, you lived that too. I mean, you were teaching yeah. God knows how many PE classes, you know, you're coaching the O-line. And then not only that, you're, you're the strength coach there too. And you, you were yep. doing all of it. I, I always loved it because you always did it with, you know, a smile on your face. Walls, let's go get after these guys. Let's go have fun. I mean, there, there was never any job that like, you know, you would, you would turn your nose up to like, oh, I, I don't need to do that. You're like, no, this needs to get done. Let's go get it done. I remember writing that down in there. It's like, hey, man, any job there is, volunteer for it because you're going to learn something and somebody's going to take notice, and those will be the people that hire you someday. Coach Walls, you, that was one of the – I need to write that back down because that is a great, huge thing is that, um, you know, be – just volunteer for jobs and just do them. And, and really do them before the coach, head coach has to ask. Exactly. That's even, even more important. And um, I'm going to give an example. You know, this last year, um, we got brand-new turf on our football field. And in our administration, rightfully so, is a little bit nervous about putting tractors out there to, to push some snow off the field. So uh, they said, hey, let's, uh, we got to shovel it. And um, I went right out there with the guys. I didn't even think nothing about it. We just went out there and we just shoveled. That's just what we do. Um, we wanted to practice. In order to practice, we had to get that snow off the field. And our basketball coach, he put on Twitter, Twitter t- took a picture of me out there shoveling with him. And, like, and uh, I responded back on Twitter. I said, I, where I grew up in Red House, South Dakota, on a ranch, if you sit and watch somebody else work, you're not much of a – people are not going to think very highly of you. <laughs> and uh, I said, my dad would drive to Shattering and kick me right in the butt for watching everybody else work. But uh, I, after you brought that up, that should be one of them, them – t- that goes back to that work ethic and – and just volunteer for those jobs that, that nobody wants to do. Because when it comes down to getting promoted from uh, a volunteer coach to a paid coach or a stipend coach to a full-time coach, it, the head coach is going to choose the guy that he can trust and the guy that goes out and does, does his best and doesn't complain about doing that. Yeah, you dude, you, I mean, they had you freaking – you had to teach golf. Right? I mean, what a, what a, what a, I feel bad for those kids. That was one thing. I did feel bad for those ones. <laughs> hey, hey, Walls, you take that group over there, help them out. Which Make sure. goes back to teaching, man. If you, if you don't know what you, you know, if you're not confident in what you're doing, go find people that are and make yourself better and, and use their, use all the tools that you have in your shed. Well, it always worked out perfect for me because then, you know, I'd let you take all the guys and I'd go do the girls lesson. It was perfect for me, man. <laughs> uh, we had some good times man black yeah. hills was a good time well, well coach you know kind of call it kind of rolling up now here on an hour um yeah. and and you know it's been really really quick but uh we don't want to keep you too long but before we let you leave uh the thing that i always like to ask everybody um is is when you're watching another team's offensive line what's some things that they would be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach so um, when I throw on the film and, and uh, when we're looking at uh, the teams we're going to be facing, when we're looking at their D-line, you know, it's just human nature to be looking at the, the offensive line that's going against them. And uh, the first thing that I always look at, I, I love seeing guys playing physical. And you've got to define what physical is. And to me, physical is the, they're dominating line scrimmage. They're guys that are, that are getting movement. And it goes back to where we first started our talk with, getting moving on those double teams and coming off on linebackers. I also really like offensive linemen that go look for second blocks and go look for, you know, they go find more work. Um, and because that ball is, is never 
Um, it, it, the, the, the play, all it takes is one extra hit, one extra little bit of effort for that ball to go, uh, you know, to break free and, and to get that touchdown. And, and the other part of it is, is that I love when I watch O-Lyman trying for that second level block and chasing the running back and picking the running back off, off the ground up, gets tackled at the ball carrier, is that, you know, if a fumble happens, you're, when your old lineman hops on the ball uh, on a fumble 20 yards downfield, as an offensive line coach, praise him like no other and praise him in front of everybody. Praise him in front of the defense. Praise him in front of the quarterbacks. Praise him in front of the wide receivers. Make it that that's one of the biggest deals that, that possibly could happen because that kid saved saved that series and he did it because his job really you know if we're just being honest our job as offensive line is that we got to block you know a guy for two three yards maybe four yards and then our job's done once the ball passes us but when you see those alignments down there getting that second level effort you you got some you got a special line there and you have an o-line that believes in that o-line coach you have an o-line that that uh that is uh um loves being offensive lineman and love being physical. So those are, that's, that's what I like seeing. And, uh, and that's what I like seeing hopefully out of my line too. Coach, man, it's been great uh, reconnecting. You know, we, we got a bunch of coaches that, you know, listen to us, you know, kind of nationwide, you know, tell them a little bit about Shattering State, the, the program, where it's at and all that, you know, knowing that there's, there's potential recruits that could be out there and they, you know, hopefully, you know, come play for you at Shattering. It's uh, I'm glad you brought that up because when uh, I was just with my offensive coordinator and he goes, yeah, you're talking. I said, yeah, that's great. I said, There's a great following of high school coaches there. And I said, I, I gotta, I gotta bring my A game because I, I, I know that, you know, recruiting's our lifeblood. And um, I can tell you guys, uh, you know, it, the kids that we look for are kids that our, our town is about 6,000 people is what our town is. And our school is right around 2,500 to 3,500 students, depending on the year. And, um, Football is a big deal in our in our town. Um, if you if you send the kids here, um, the, the, everybody in town's going to know their football players, uh, and and uh, it, it has that that old Friday night lights feel when game day happens. Um, when we have a game, um, our crowds are right around that thirty five hundred to six thousand fans, and our town six thousand. So half the town is at our game, and uh, we are the main event. Um, and what we also are, you know, I guess is, as far as that something that I take a lot of pride in is that we want kids that want to get a degree and they want to play great football. Um, we are one of the winningest programs in Division II. Um, if you take our overall wins, we're over 500 wins um, in, in our uh, program history. That ranks us like, I think, 18th in Division II in overall wins. Um, so what we're looking for is we're looking for kids that love football and they want to get a, they want to get a great degree. And when we find those kids that have that great work ethic and, and they love those two things, that's what makes our, our program special. And, and uh, you know, and, and um, also the last piece is, is I'm going to switch from the recruiting piece is that um, if anybody wants any of our film or any of our, uh, my drill tapes, those type of things, um, we'll I'll for sure share that with you. I know Brady was talking about our grid work and I have all that on film. Um, if, if someone's interested, I can just exchange it through you through Huddle. Just go online, Google my name, go to the Shattern webpage. My email's right on there. Just email me, and uh, and I will uh, send. I'll have one of my guys, or I'll, I'll. I don't know how to do it now. I, I don't. I used to be the technology guy, but once I became head coach, you forget that stuff, I guess. But uh, uh, one of my guys will will email you um, 
the, our, our drill work and our everyday drills and, and, uh, and that's our grid work too. But I really appreciate you guys letting me talk. This is awesome. I, I'm glad I got to talk, uh, for the run, run the power, uh, uh, to the, to the group of guys that listened to this and, uh, had a great time. And I thank you guys for doing this. Um, thank you for making everybody become better offensive line coaches and better coaches. Absolutely, Coach, man. It's been, like I said, a blast reconnecting. And, you know, I, I can speak from experience, too. You know, we, we've sent some guys to Shadron, and, and every last one of those guys, you know, one has enjoyed going to school there, and then, two, they've enjoyed playing for you. So can't give you any higher endorsement either, Coach. We, uh, we appreciate you, man. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.